Novak claims his fourth Wimbledon title, Anderson Brave in defeat, and we pull the curtain down on another Grand Slam tournament at the home of tennis. From the media centre of the All England Club in London, this is the SW19 Report with your host, Paul Walsh. Well, hi and welcome once again to the SW19 Report. I'm Paul Walsh, and Novak Djokovic has played himself out of the tennis wilderness after 18 months of lean results to claim his fourth Wimbledon crown and his 13th Grand Slam title overall when he defeated a brave Kevin Anderson in three sets. 6-2, Anderson, obviously feeling the effects of his semi-final match, started off slowly with his main power weapon, his serve, failing to have normal impact, only registering three aces in the first two sets. He then had his chances to extend the match to four sets, but squandered six break points late in the third, letting Djokovic off the hook to serve out the match in a tiebreaker. There is a part of me that always believes in my own abilities and believes in my own quality of tennis and what I possess that, that I, you know, whenever I come to the tournament and Grand Slam, especially, I, I believe I can, I can, um, I can have a good, good opportunity to fight for the trophy. Anderson was philosophical about his performance. What sort of separated the top guys who have done so well and guys further down is maybe not necessarily their raw abilities, but it's their abilities to play their best tennis in these sort of matches. And I wasn't able to do that in the beginning. He was, um, I was able to do it more in the third set. So, just recapping over the past two weeks, we crowned a new Wimbledon women's champion, we saw an unprecedented number of women's seeds exit in the first week, we witnessed not one but two men's semi-finals for the ages, and we saw Roger Federer at Heathrow Airport on the second Thursday in July, which is almost unheard of. Firstly, Angelique Kerber took just 65 minutes to collect her third Grand Slam title when she was too solid for an inconsistent Serena Williams who made 24 unforced errors compared to Kerber's five. The 6-3, 6-3 scoreline was a true reflection of the match where Kerber is nearing the top of her game again. I think I learned a lot from last year um, with all the expectation and all the things I, I go through and um, I learned so many things about myself, about the things around, how to deal with this. You know, I think that, yeah, I try to enjoy every single moment now. For Williams, she's halfway up the mountain with her eyes focused firmly on the summit. These two weeks were so mental for me, you know, I won matches and I was really mentally fighting for literally every match and I did the best that I could every match that I played and I'm taking the steps in the right direction and I took a giant step at Wimbledon but my journey is has just began and um, I just have to keep going. There is no doubt that Serena Williams would walk away from this tournament with a high degree of satisfaction knowing that even at 36 years of age with a few more hours on the practice court she still does have most of that women's field covered. This theory seems to be supported by the fact that all top 10 women's seeds had been eliminated by 1.30 on the second Monday. Names like Wozniacki, Muguruza, Halep and Pliskova were all unable to penetrate deep into the tournament and in the process sacrificed significant ranking points. At the end of the tournament, the top 10 women's players are Halep 1, Wozniacki 2, Sloane Stephens 3, Kerber moving up to 4, Svitlina 5, Garcia 6, Muguruza, the big loser, dropping from 3 to 7. Kvitova, 8. Pliskova, 9. Gorgas moving from 13 to 10, with Serena Williams steadily climbing, moving up 13 players, back up to 28. 
Well, we did have the pleasure of observing two incredible men's semi-finals matches with Anderson and Isner putting on a six-hour, 36-minute service clinic with a total of 102 aces served for the match. Compelling tennis, yes. Pure tennis, probably not. The second match was pure tennis at its best with Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal playing an all-court game to the max and ending up producing a five-set result of 6-4, 3-6, 7-6, 6-3, 10-8. As exciting as the tennis was, many questions have been asked about the worth of a fifth set being advantage rather than tiebreaker. The loudest voices being from the players themselves. John Isner now has the honour of being involved in two of the longest matches held on the hallowed grass courts. I personally think a sensible option would be 12-all. If you can't finish them off, one person can't finish the other off before 12-all, then do a tiebreaker there. I think it's long overdue. I mean, I, I part of that, a big part of this discussion, of course, I'm a proponent of, of changing that rule, for sure. I think it needs to be done. Today's finalist, Kevin Anderson, has similar views. You know, if you ask the players, it's, you know, when you get stuck in these positions playing such long matches, it's, you know, it's very tiring. It's, you know, it's very tough playing six and a half hours, whatever we were out there for. Um, You know, I personally don't see the added value or benefit compared to, you know, saying at the, you know, US Open where we're playing tie breaks in the fifth set. I mean, it's no different, you know, decades ago when there was no tie breaks at all. I mean... You know, matches were even longer then, and you know, I think progress was made to introduce a tiebreaker. I personally don't see the reason not to include it now, at least. I I don't see the other, you know, opposing view of, you know, not not in, incorporating a you know a, a first set tiebreaker at all the slams. It may be fair to speculate that the standard and duration of today's final was a direct reflection of the marathon semi-finals matches. The SW19 report fan wrap. Well, just taking one more wander down to the Wimbledon queue, in fact, this is a replay of our very good friend Diane, who was short, sharp, and very much to the point. We did ask her 12 questions in 60 seconds. Is this your first time at Wimbledon? No, it's the 12th. What makes this place so special? The whole atmosphere and obviously the tennis in the end. (laughs) Who would be your perfect doubles partner? Serena Williams. Who'd be your perfect mixed doubles partner? Um, not Andy, mother, he's Murray's brother, Jamie Murray. Have you ever tried strawberries and cream? Yes, don't like it. Ever tried Pims? Oh, love it. Do you make a habit of drinking Pims? Not a habit, only at Wimbledon, that's all. Is Nick Kyrgios a talented tennis player or just a bad boy? I think he's a bad boy. Hmm, I think I've heard that before somewhere. Would you prefer to watch a single-handed backhand or a double-handed backhand? Oh, double-handed. Do the grunts and screeching put you off watching tennis? It does sometimes, yes, it does. Who'll be the women's champion? Serena Williams. Who'll be the men's champion? I guess it'll be Federer. Well, that's it for the SW19 report for another 12 months until we all reconvene on Monday the 1st of July 2019 for another two weeks of Super Tennis. Thank you, linesmen. Thank you, ball boys. Thank you, London weather. Thank you, listeners. And thank you, Royal Brunei Airlines, in anticipation of delivering me home safely back to Melbourne. Well done, Angie. Well done, Novak. We'll catch you next year. From the first serve to the last winner... 
This has been the SW19 Report with Paul Walsh.